Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. This episode of Choices Not Chances podcast is sponsored by Louisiana Gun Shop. Located on Highway 90 West in Broussard, Louisiana, just south of Lafayette. For more information, stay tuned at the end of this episode. This is Choices Not Chances podcast with Ryan and Matt. I'm your co-host, Matthew Charette. Sitting next to me is Ryan Rogers. Ryan. Dean Wagner, thanks for coming to the show. Appreciate you being on. Honored to be a guest, Ryan. Looking forward to a fabulous discussion. Absolutely. Absolutely. So usually I have three or four pointed questions where I want to get to know where somebody comes from. And so if we can start there, if you'll indulge me and then we'll kind of move a little bit through, uh, through your life, through your career and how we ended up uh, where we are tonight, uh, you know, today. So first, what I want to know is kind of like a family dynamic, a family culture of where you come from parents in the house. Uh, was it both parents in the house? Did you have siblings? Um, sports and religion those are the big things that i like to talk about well ryan you're, you're talking on a lot of you know very important things to me and for me priorities in life align with god family and country absolutely and it was both parents growing up had an amazing mom and dad and had one younger brother so two and a half years younger and we were a big sports family specifically hockey was the primary sport that i loved and played and Played in college, played at West Point, and still play in a men's beer league now. Nice. nice. So that was the family growing up, you know, very much family-centric, very sports-centric. So hopefully that gives you a little insight into family life growing up. Absolutely. And and um, so hockey was the main sport, but you're talking about a team sport now, and that's something that I like to talk about because I feel like team sports is the first place that we learn how to lead and we learn how to follow outside of like our sibling base, right? And uh, and so you played hockey all the way growing up and then all the way into your adult life, so, so that... Well, Ryan, you're echoing something to me that is very important, why I love for all four of my kids to play team sports because, you know, life is a team sport. You're not mm. going to be successful and life going alone and sports is just a great way to go ahead and you know find out those dynamics how do you work together as a team and then ideally you have an opportunity to step up and lead and be a leader on your team so i think there's just tremendous value in that we have my wife kelly and i ryan we've got four amazing kids so we've got two daughters 24 and 21. we have an 18 year old son and we have a 12 year old son we adopted from ethiopia 10 yeah. years ago and, you know, same dynamics here. God, family, country is where priorities align. And my daughters were primarily soccer players. And my boys are primarily hockey players. But all the kids have played different sports, figuring out what they love. But, you know, those same fundamental principles, teamwork. The other thing I love about competitive sports is there's training. And you learn the value of hard work and commitment and dedication and putting those towers in. So we could have a whole discussion just about youth sports and just oh, yeah. the value sports in general. Absolutely. Uh, I, I coach now as well. And, and my kids are a bit younger than yours. Uh, mm -hmm. 
10, 8, and 7, but they're in primarily softball and soccer is what we've played right now. Uh, they, they've, they've played some other sports, but that's where they like softball and base, baseball for the boy and softball for the girls. But it is, it's a, it's the first place where you sacrifice for something bigger than yourself uh, being the team. And that's something that's, you know, extremely important in, in growing up. So I love that. Um, uh, you did say religion was in the house as well, though. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's interesting thinking back on my faith journey, Ryan, because if you would have asked me, you know, as a child, if I'm a Christian, I would have said, well, of course I am. I'm in church on those Sundays. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was there and it was kind of the, you know, my faith was there by attendance versus my faith now is built on a personal relationship with God. And that did not exist. And you know, until after West Point, meeting my wife, and ultimately she, you know, brought me to Christ and brought me to that relationship with God. But, you know, wasn't a bad person growing up, but it's just that relationship was not there. Check. Check. Gotcha. Well, let's move on, and uh, and maybe we'll circle back to that. Um, sure. Now, when was your – what's your first uh, – and I know you had family in the service as well, but, and so I assume that it goes back a ways, but what's your first memory of wanting to serve or wanting to be, uh, in the military? So Ryan, my dad did serve in the army and it was just a few years. So it was before I was even born that he served in the army, but my first exposure to even looking at the military ultimately ended up coming through hockey because in high school I had two goals. Number one, wanted to get the best possible education I could. And the second one, wanted to play division one hockey. So I was evaluating all the different opportunities. And when the coach from West Point saw me at a tournament, liked what he saw and was recruiting me. And I looked into West Point, I'm like, this would be incredible. I mean, mm. it's one of the best educations in the country. And, you know, they had a solid hockey program. So went on a visit and the more I read about the history, the incredible leaders and just everything West Point stands for, just found out to be an incredible fit. I get an amazing education, one of the best in the country, get to play division one hockey, and then just be in a position to serve our great nation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that comes, that, that comes through nicely, especially with the goals that you had in mind. And, and so that's what you do. You go and you play hockey there and you get your education at West Point. I did. And, you know, one of the big decisions then, Ryan, is, you know, it's a fully funded scholarship. So the big question then is, well, where are you going to serve? And that was one of the big decisions senior year is, okay, which branch Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are we going to serve? And I was really wrestling because I didn't realize until going there how many different options, the broad array of choices are. There were 18 different options, you know, on which branch. And there's all the combat arms, so, you know, infantry, armor with tanks, all the different combat arms, but then there's all the combat support and combat service support from, you know, transportation to finance to military police. I mean, it was overwhelming, all the decisions. (laughs) And for me, Ryan, you know, narrowed it down to two choices. So one was infantry. You know, my thought, that's the heart and soul of the Army, the infantry, if you want to be a general. In the Army, that's the best route to go, and I know that would resonate with you hmm. and your background. The other one was aviation. And you remember the first Top Gun movie, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> that, 
like a hallmark of my, of my young life. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of my favorite movies growing up. And you know, had watched that movie countless times and just had some fond memories. And I thought I was going to look ultra cool in a <laughs> yeah. flight suit. Yeah. And that ultimately pushed me down the aviation path. But I kept wondering, Ryan, you know, did I make the right choice? Because mm. if you want to be a general in the army, the infantry is the heart and soul of the army. And, you know, that's the best path to go. But it was interesting looking back because at flight school, the commander made an announcement and said, hey, guys, once in a lifetime opportunity, we're going to have a competition and send one of you to ranger school. And I thought, well, here's my chance to go and experience and see what the other half is living. And I was very fortunate. Ryan won that competition and went to ranger school and found out it was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely awful, but it was one of those experiences that was so terrible, so miserable, so awful. You know, look back at it with the fondest of memories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a fact. Uh, that's kind of where those, uh, I tell people about that all the time. They're like, you have such fond memories of combat. And it's like, well, I don't know what it is about it. But when you're in dire straits, man, like you figure it out. There's funny things. There's there's unforgettable things. And uh, that's funny. It happens when things are bad, usually. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's those trying times and challenging times that, you know, helps you realize what you're made of. And it's funny now being an entrepreneur, Ryan, because I didn't know it back then. But Ranger School is such great training for leading a startup. Mm. And most people aren't familiar. So I was, you know, love to share a little bit of highlight because there's a lot of military doctrine and tactics at Ranger School. But at its core, it's a leadership school. Mm. And what they do is deprive you of everything you think you need to survive, namely food and sleep, and then put you in incredibly stressful situations. And there were 340 of us on day one. And for 72 days straight, if you make it straight through 72 days in a row, you live on one meal a day and two to three hours sleep a night. Mm -hmm. And then they put you in incredibly stressful <laughs> situations. And you can imagine, Ryan, the attrition. We lost over 80% of our class. Mm -hmm. There were only 70 of us left on graduation day. And it was no sleep and incredible stress, and that's the life I'm living now. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I think I can uh, I can relate a, at least a little bit, maybe not to your uh, magnitude, but I, I definitely understand. It, but Ryan, you will relate to this because at Ranger School, you're assigned a Ranger buddy. Mm -hmm. And your Ranger buddy is, is instructed to be at your side, to always have your back, to be there when you're in need. And it is really neat, you know, over 30 years later, you know, to still be in touch with my Ranger buddy, and it's Roy Backey. Roy Backey was former infantry sergeant. Roy Backey, Marine Corps. Okay. And being an aviator, being a flight suit wearing aviator, it had no reason being there at Ranger School. And one of the primary reasons I made it through was that, you know, friendship and also ultimately that camaraderie and, you know, that bond built with Roy. You know, during those 72 days we wait and you know those are the only 72 days that we spent together but it's a lifetime bond mm. back to your point like similar being in combat it's those lifetime experiences that draw you even closer absolutely absolutely well that's awesome um and, and you said only one person got sent from the aviation group to go over to do that it i don't have exact numbers ryan but it's probably 0.1 percent or less 
of aviators that have a chance that ultimately go down that path because if you go to ranger school and you're trudging through the swamps at you know 2 30 in the morning and you poke your eye out you know big big investment that they made in teaching how to fly is now all lost mm -hmm. so they don't really go down that path and most you know army aviators are more in the you know prototypical you know top gun flight suit i mean very different from the you know rambo infantry who a ranger style roger check now did you end up being, so did you end up flying then i did you what, know, what platform seven did years you? active duty and i flew hueys the old uh1 yep and did you ever ryan ever spend any time or familiar with the national training center fort irwin mm -mm. so it's the Army's National Training Center, and it's the high desert of California. So picture L.A. and Las Vegas on a map. Right in the middle is the high desert. It's desert mountainous terrain. It's awful place to live, but <laughs> incredible training. And there's a group there called the Op 4, the Opposing Forces. Hmm. So every month, the brigade-sized unit rotates in, and they fight against the Op 4. And a lot of the success, for example, we had in the Fuller first Gulf War was it attributed to the training at NTC. And by far, Ryan, my favorite flying job those seven years in the Army was leading up for aviation. So our Hueys were visually modified to resemble the Russian Hind mm -hmm. attack helicopter. So in essence, we were flying around on the battlefield looking for tanks and Bradleys and looking to hunt them down on the name of the training. So it was an incredible adrenaline rush. And fortunately, they weren't real missiles coming back. Yeah, fortunately. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's wild that we were there then, and then now Russia's back in the news again. Oh, it, um, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's just, you know, the chaotic post-9-11 we world live in now, and, you know, now you got Russia coming on the scene. I mean, it is a crazy world we live in. It's wild. It's wild. I uh, Prayers, you know, that's, that's the... We need to pray for our leadership of the country and pray for the Amen. leadership of other countries uh, that, that we find some peace and stability. Um, absolutely. So, so, so take me through, the, through your career a bit before, before we get into Authentically American and delve into that. Take me through the wave tops of your career a bit uh, you know, as a pilot and you know, just in the service. So at Fort Irwin, so I was there for four years and, you know, accumulated 700 hours flying it was a great assignment oh, wow. for flying but what i also did ryan during that time was went to school at night and got my mba mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and truth be told i was not the best student at west point and primary reason i didn't enjoy it and the classes i did enjoy were more economics more you know business type focus but it's very engineering intensive program and i respected and appreciate and learned a ton but i didn't really enjoy it when I went to school and got my MBA, I'm like, not only do I enjoy it, but I do fairly well mm. on the business side. So it was marketing, finance, you know, all the different, you know, MBA type courses. And I really enjoyed it. And that reinforced my mind that I love our country, love serving our country. But when my seven year commitment's up, it's time to transition into the business world. Mm -hmm. And I tell everybody, Ryan, I'm a veteran and an entrepreneur. But when I left the Army in 2000, couldn't even spell entrepreneur. <laughs> I had no idea this whole world even existed. Yeah. And what I've realized looking back, so often we're a product of our environment. 
And we talked about my parents growing up, and my dad was a 30-year engineer for Alcoa, so a Fortune 500 aluminum company. Mm -hmm. And most of his friends, most of our neighbors worked for big companies. So when I left the Army in 2000, what did I think I was going to do? Work for a big company. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the only world I knew, to, knew, and that's exactly what I did. So I worked for big companies like Procter & Gamble and Mars, big brands like Crest and Tide and m and and loved it. Both are just world-class marketing and branding companies and just learned a ton. But another thing, Ryan, that is part of my DNA and that drives me is this insatiable desire to know that I'm making a difference. Mm -hmm. And P&G is a massive $80 billion company, $80 billion. Wow. Mars is half the size, but still a $40 billion company. And what I realized at one point, although I had fairly big jobs and was very well paid, if you pull me out, the next guy steps right up and the machine keeps going and it doesn't skip a beat. Yeah. And that's the way it's designed. And I really wrestled with, am I truly making a difference if I'm that replaceable? Hmm. And really <laughs> wrestled with that. And I was going to say, what like that—that's something that you—that can rock you to the core. <laughs> Am I making a difference? Am I serving the purpose that I think I'm serving? That's that's a, that's a huge question in somebody's life. Oh, absolutely. And Ryan, you know, back to you. And I know that this drove you as well. That's what I loved about serving our country. Mm. You know, there's this higher sense of purpose. Mm. You know, even though you're part of a bigger organization, you had a higher sense of purpose and. You know, part of the whole Fortune 500 company, well, the higher purpose is you're serving your shareholders. You're ultimately, you know, serving the consumers. But that doesn't have the same, you know, type of resonance that it does of serving our country. Mm -hmm. So I really wrestled with that. And, you know, I thought, well, what if I was an entrepreneur? You know, read a little bit about being an entrepreneur and, I thought, well, what if I you know, was part of a small business and helping creating jobs? And I really got excited about that. But back to not being able to spell entrepreneur, I didn't think I had it in me to start a business from scratch. Mm -hmm. So I became an entrepreneur through the acquisition route. And in 2012, bought my first business. And it was a government contractor, Ryan, that produced dress uniforms for the military. So you probably remember the dress trousers you used to wear? Sure. Yep, so that was one of our contracts. So we had thousands of uniforms every week for Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines that we produced. Wow. And that gave me my first exposure to the apparel industry. Okay. And it is a tragic history. To give you some context, Ryan, when I graduated from West Point in 93, over 50% of the apparel was made in the U.S., Today, it's 3.5. Wow. 3.5 is all that's made here. And my initial thinking was, well, I want to win more contracts. And I thought, then we'll create more jobs. But as I fully started to understand, you know, the government contracting industry, you don't actually create jobs because it's a bidding process. So, Ryan, if you and I are bidding on a contract, you had it before and I won. In essence, your jobs transfer to me. In net, there's no real job creation. Right. And for me, Ryan, that was that light bulb moment that I thought, what if, what if instead of being a government contractor, what if we built a brand? And I thought back to the days of working on Crest and Tide and M&Ms, and I also thought, what if 
What if instead of what 97% of brands do and chase cheap labor overseas, what if we made the intentional choice to produce right here? Mm-hmm. You know, think of the jobs we could create. Think of the difference we could make. And ultimately, if we build this iconic American brand with the same recognition of a Nike, Polo, or Under Armour, but all made here in the U.S., think of the incredible legacy mm-hmm. we could leave. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, that's where it all started five years ago from a blank sheet of paper in 2017. Now I'm exhausted. It's, <laughs> it's been by far the most challenging, the most exhausting you know, endeavor I've ever pursued in my life. But as exhausted as I am, I'm even more energized Yeah. because truly now I feel like I'm having an opportunity to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I would suppose that the reward is every bit worth the exhaustion that you feel. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we are still not out of the woods yet because it's tough starting a business, you know, especially in the apparel industry. But our business is really starting to take off. We're on the verge of being that overnight success story, you know, five years in the making. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the heart of our mission, Ryan, is our passion for creating American jobs. And you remember that 3.5% number I met shared? Mm-hmm. You know, that shocking statistic gave birth to our tagline, where's yours made? And it's designed to be provocative. So, mm-hmm. hey, Ryan, great looking polo, great looking hat, where's yours made? <clears throat> authentically american (laughs) (laughs) no no i get it yeah yeah yeah, most people look at me like i have no idea yeah i have no idea where it's made and they're shocked to look at the tag and see yeah yeah you know made in china made in vietnam and ryan if you're cut from the same cloth that you and i have you've got similar values and dna and ethos you know what we offer what our brand stands for there's a tremendous interest Mm mm-hmm and our biggest opportunity is brand awareness and getting the word out. And when you and I connected, was so thankful for the opportunity to be a guest because one, have a tremendous respect for you. I've got, you know, recognize this book. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hope so you enjoy. I have the tremendous respect for you and what you're all about. And this was another opportunity just to have a great dialogue with a new friend. And then your audience is likely for the first time going to hear about our brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and guys, I I just shout out right now in the middle of the episode the 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 clothing that I that I wear on the podcast is authentically American uh, clothing brand. They did a, a phenomenal job. Um, lightweight. They got different materials, but I got the breathable uh, business attire, and then I got the breathable the, the thicker three quarter zip ups um, embroidered, and it was uh, it was streamlined start to finish i had somebody emailing me back and forth we we kind of came up with ideas and then uh, you know right down the line it was very easy very professional uh very courteous as far as the um customer support goes and and i couldn't be happier with how it turned out so uh this is uh this is a company that i use just so my audience understands this is somebody that i use i stand behind and i endorse the clothing which is why i was excited you know when you reached out dean to 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 come on it's like oh man this is something that i'm already into so absolutely well ryan you, you just made my day by sharing that feedback because we are all about two experiences the first one that you mentioned is the product experience mm-hmm. because although we talk about being veteran owned highlight how important it is to choose american made unless you we deliver an amazing product experience nothing else matters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's ultimately what's most important and 
you know, we get more and more feedback like that. Our t-shirts are incredibly soft. People love the performance moisture wicking fabric of our polos. They love how soft and comfortable our socks are. The other one, and I'm glad you mentioned on this because I'm blessed with an amazing team and it's the customer experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, you went through the whole client process and you saw how easy, how firsthand, you know, you see we are to work with and that's by design as well. We not only want to deliver an amazing product experience, but if you're a client of ours, we want to deliver that amazing customer experience as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll, uh, I want to give a shout out to Jeffrey Sabins. Uh, Jeffrey Sabins was one of your customers that, you know, let me know, uh, how much he enjoyed the, uh, the threads and, uh, and I was like, man, you know, I'm gonna check it out. And so shout out Jeffrey Sabins for, uh, for hooking me up. Um, let me know where to go. I mean, it's similar story, just another great American veteran who served our country and he, cut from the same cloth, similar values and DNA. And he, you know, shared similar sentiments and he's a new friend. And that's what I love is, you know, people that we work with are oftentimes veteran owned and veteran operated businesses and veteran focused charities. Yeah. And, and that's something else I'd, I'd like you to breathe a bit on because you do a lot of charity work for the community and, you know, in your own right. And so can you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Absolutely, Ryan. This goes back to making a difference because the heart of our mission is our passion for creating American jobs. So that's one way, one way we make a difference. But the other way is we have two pricing tiers. And I know you and Jeff don't mind this. There's a for-profit. So whether you're a Pepsi, Bridgestone, or Comcast, Fortune 500 companies we work with, middle market companies, if you're a for-profit business, your price is here. If you are a charity nonprofit and we've worked with over 150 veteran charities, you know, your price is here. It's at cost. So that difference, Ryan, allows us to help veteran charities, you know, build their brand and raise some money in the process. And when they can raise some money, you know, that helps them fulfill their mission. So that is one of the things I enjoy most about what we do because we don't make any money. We cover our costs. But when we work with a veteran charity, we really help their ideas, their ideas, their passion, their purpose come to life absolutely absolutely that's so i know that we're you know only you know what would you say five years in right now just a little over five years a little over five years what is your outlook for the next couple of years how are we looking are we expanding uh or are we really just uh-huh. trying to spread the brand build the brand still so it is all about growth ryan but I will tell you, people often ask about COVID and that was not part of the business plan five years ago. No, that's right. (laughs) It wasn't part of anyone's business plan and it was incredibly challenging for us because we have 11 states that we have contract manufacturing. So everybody loves our t-shirts. We make those in Texas, you know, socks. Everyone loves our socks. We make those in North Carolina. So you're wearing one of our polos, we make that in California. So 11 different states across the US. So that was a challenge, you know, having contract manufacturing in 11 states, but a lot of what COVID forced us to do during this challenging time was focus. And I'm not even borderline ADD, I struggle with focus. And, you know, there's two sides of our business, Ryan. So there's a consumer side. So things that are authentically American branded. We also have collegiate licenses. So we have West Point, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, all the military schools. 
but that's a very big, very challenging side. So that's a relatively small 10% of our business. 90% of our business is more client B2B focused. And you are a representation of that because my initial thinking was, it's so great to be in the apparel business. It's a massive $300 billion industry. And Ryan, my initial thought was, unless you live in a nudist colony, you make a choice every day on what shirts you're going to wear. So I thought, we literally can appeal to everybody. Guess how well that focus worked? Not real great. No, not <laughs> at all. So, I mean, it was, you know, like grenade type focus. I mean, just throw it in a general area. But as we looked at it and we realized that our brand, the values and ethos behind our brand really resonates with veteran-owned and veteran-operated businesses and veteran-focused charity. You know, mm -hmm. That has made all the difference in the world. And our business is really taking off. If I showed you a graph, I mean, it's the last six months is really starting to take off and it is really a tribute to focus. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. And I would hope that as the COVID restrictions and policies started to open up in each one of these states, that started to lift some of your, your burden, right? It, it really has. And, you know, a big part of our business is event focused. Uh -huh. So a lot of people would go to trade shows and they would wear, you know, a polo or quarter zip, like you mentioned. We also do a lot of fun Hawaiian shirts. A lot of our clients love them. They go to trade shows. So that is certainly helping out. Hmm. You know, I think you start to combine all of this together. You get one coming out of COVID, so there's more events, so that helps us. Two, we're getting more clear on our focus. But the other piece, Ryan, is two and a half years in a global pandemic with a war in Ukraine with multifaceted threats from China, country of origin matters. Mm -hmm. Country of origin matters. People now more than a long, long time you know, truly value when it says Main USA. So there's a lot of dynamics come together that is really starting to cause our brand to take off. And to give an idea, so we work with now a lot of Fortune 500 companies. And five years ago, if you and I would have talked and you said, well, Dean, are you going after these big Fortune 500 companies because they order so much apparel? I would have said, not a chance because that sales cycle is forever long. Mm. I mean, they're very big, they're very bureaucratic, and they have a you know extensive procurement process. But we're now, Ryan, working with 112 Fortune 500 companies. Wow. And have you ever heard of an ERG, an employee resource group? Mm -hmm. I had not. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, two years ago, I had never heard of an ERG. And it's an interesting backstory on how we started working with all these Fortune 500 companies because Procter & Gamble reached out and they said, Dean, we have all these veterans in our ERG. We don't want Nike. We don't want Maine, China. We want to work with you. Can you help mm -hmm. us? Mm -hmm. And I said, absolutely, we can. But what's an ERG? <laughs> I had never heard of it, never knew what it stood for. And they explain how there's an African-American ERG, there's an Hispanic ERG, there's a veteran ERG amongst all of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like these small little affinity groups within these bigger companies right. is designed to have that connectivity. But what I realize that every Fortune 500 company has them and these small little affinity groups, Ryan, are thousands of employees. You know, give me an example, we're working with HCA right in our backyard here in Nashville. You know, it's a Fortune 100 hospital company. Okay. There's 30,000 veterans. Wow. 30,000 veterans. 
So we now have clients like Pepsi and Bridgestone and Comcast. You know, HCA hasn't, you know, placed their first order yet, but they're coming by our office to see and feel and touch product, and they're going to have a similar experience to you. So, you know, that small little veteran ERG at HCA, 30,000 people, which yeah. is a big, big company in and of itself. Yeah. I know as far as, uh, you know, I didn't know Fortune 500 companies were, you know, in that vast with ERGs, but I just found out about that myself. And like, that's kind of like where I go. Um, like uh, city councils and I know one up in Ohio and it's escaping the name of me right now, but it's, it's in, uh, in an employee resource group kind of like that. And they all come together as a collective every quarter, uh, not, not every quarter, every month, like one day. And then they're kind of, it's kind of like they're networking with each other, how they, how they're going to run the, you know, that month's number. So maybe what I was thinking was a little bit different, but I think it, uh, I think it's pretty awesome, especially at that level, having those kind of numbers. Yeah. It's the same concept, but, you know, it starts going back to that focus and truly understanding as a brand, mm. you know, who that target customer is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've now figured that out and, you know, we continue to expand and we have a lot of customers that aren't veteran owned and veteran operated, but the primary focus for our outbound activity, you know, is that veteran. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I think a a lot of your company, obviously, but I think that it's going to continue to get better and better, especially as the geopolitics in the world continue to be uh, fanned, those flames being fanned. And, and, and I don't really, you know, I, I don't really guess I know how that's going to all shake out, but I do know that COVID showed us, um, it showed us how dependent we are uh, supply chain wise on other people in the world. And I think that rocked oh, yeah. a lot of Americans like, hang on a second. And so I know it did for me for sure. It, it absolutely does, Ryan. And I mean, you can see the hem tag on the sleeve of your polo. Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have the Nike swoosh it has on that left sleeve, you know, that vintage U.S. flag. Yep. Which is that subtle reinforcement of the intentional choice you made around American made because it's got your company logo front and center. But when you've got that small little vintage US flag, yeah, it's that subtle reinforcement that country of origin, American made, made in USA matters to me. Absolutely. And you also found that we're not the cheapest, but we're parity price. We're very competitive yeah, you know, with a known I, national brand. I would absolutely say that. I would echo that in a heartbeat because I thought it was going to be like, I'm going to pay some more. It's American made. I got it. And then it wasn't, it wasn't that much more than what I'm paying for an Under Armour or a Nike polo anyway. And so it was win-win for me. <laughs> that, that's the way I felt about it. So, yeah. Because Ryan, a lot of people will say, well, Dean, I, I don't get it because there the, there's a reason why 97% of brands went overseas because it is cheaper labor. So our cost in the U.S. is here, you know, to produce in China is here. Mm -hmm. So there's a gap of people to say, will say, well, how can you be competitive? And it really is a business model choice. You know, think back, Ryan, to Dell. They have pioneered that, you know, go direct approach. And they, mm -hmm. in essence, cut out the middleman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, Southwest, if anyone's flown on Southwest now, they have a similar model. You don't book on Travelocity or Expedia. It's only direct on Southwest.com. So that's our model. We don't sell to a third-party distributor because if we're parity price and sell to a distributor, they in turn mark it up. That's right. We're no longer competitive. So 
it's a slower burn early on because we don't have any many as, as many points of distribution, but we can go ahead and maintain that competitive price. We can provide you a phenomenal customer experience. And then your prime example, I mean, Jeff had a phenomenal experience, you know, with our brand, he told you, and now you're a client. Absolutely. And I'm hoping out of this call, we have a few more people like said, well, next time I'm ordering, you know, I'm taking Ryan's advice. I'm going authentically American. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, from, okay, so growth is growth is what we want. What can we do? What kind of trade shows are you at for people, uh, like at least coming up, uh, let's say 2023, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing if people want to get, uh, get on and, and follow that? How can they, how, how can they kind of follow you or find out what they want to know? Well, we're still figuring out the event trade schedule because that was really not a focus historically, but we found that that really works out well being a new brand, mm. you know, being in person. But the best place to go, Ryan, is authenticallyamerican.us, our website. So if you're an individual consumer, you went to Citadel, VMI, any one of the service academies, you know, you can test something as a consumer. But then that's also where you can go ahead and learn about being a client and like you go through the process to have your company or your organization or your charity. But I say it like this, Ryan, because have you seen our sweat activated print innovation? No. I think you're going to love this because I know you still stay active and fit and like to get in a good sweat. So yeah. this is one of our t-shirts, Ryan. Okay. And my being a West Point grad, can you see it okay? Yeah, I can. Yep. Looks good. Yep. This one, you know, printed says go army. And I wish we were together in person because Ryan, if you could feel this soft, you would be like, Dean, that has got to be the softest t-shirt I've ever felt. <laughs> and that's by design because who doesn't love oh, yeah. a nice soft t-shirt. The other point is the print. Think a lot of the t-shirts you have in your closet. They have that heavy plastisol ink and on a hot summer day, you know, it sticks to your chest. You washed a few times, it will crack. Hmm. And we very intentionally use a soft hand print because we want the fabric, the print to include tagless, to be incredibly soft. But Ryan, this is this new innovation we have. So watch what happens when I spray this shirt. It's our sweat activated. <laughs> oh, that's dope. Navy yeah. And then around the back, there's our vintage US flag. Yeah, beat navy. So as you get your burn in, you get your little, uh, you get your little beat navy to shine through. I love it. Yep. That's awesome. And Ryan, you don't get that hidden message. You don't get beat navy to appear unless you're getting after it. Unless you put the work in. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And here's the power of focus for us because if you said, Dean, that is so cool. Next time I'm ordering T-shirts, I want to get some. The minimum's only twenty-four. And that's a mix of sizes. So we have a lot of small businesses, a lot of small chairs will get this because wipe off the Go Army, whatever you want printed, you can have whatever you want magically to appear. So, you know, people have their mantra, their mission, their values. It's been really cool. We've done hundreds of custom designs, mm. but here's the value in focus and growth because Ryan, we just had a top 10 accounting firm, a top 10 accounting firm ordered 27,000. Oh my God. 27,000 and they had an experience like you like wow that sure is the softest we've ever felt that technology is incredible so that half of those were just standard graphic shirts graphic mm -hmm. t-shirts the other half were sweat activated 
but they're using them at college recruiting because they want to go ahead and stand out and unique and different. So that was just another highlight, you know, of the amazing product we have and that product experience and then the power of focus and what it's doing for us. That's awesome. That's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, I know you got a, uh, I know you got a short fuse to get out to, uh, in, in about 15 minutes. Did you, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to cover now? Well, I'll show you one more product because yes, sir. apparel, Ryan, should be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you look super sharp and you know, wearing your brand and rocking it. Are you much of a sock guy? Do you wear fun socks? Uh, I think I wear just regular socks. I don't know if I wear fun socks. <laughs> Let me see what you got. I golf. So I got some golf socks. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we need to up your sock game because I joke that nobody wears ties anymore. Socks are the new ties and it's just a fun way to express your fashion sense and get your brand out there. Okay. And you know, back in the PNG days, just to tell you one more story, back in the PNG Mar days, we literally would have a Super Bowl ad budget. So my marketing budget's about this big. <laughs> we <laughs> don't have a Super Bowl ad budget. So one thing that we really wrestled with was how are we gonna get the word out? Yeah. Because when you're competing against giants like Nike and Land's End and Patagonia and Under Armour, mm. these brands spend millions of dollars, so we can't compete with that. But what we do have is this feel-good American story. We're creating American jobs. We're serving our veterans. We're, you know, everything along that route. So the thought was we're going to try and pursue earned media. So how do we get as much free press and PR as we can? So... One thing that has blown me away over the last three years, Ryan, we've been on national TV 23 times. Yeah. 23 times, and it has been an incredible impact for our business. And I'm highlighting that one because we didn't have the traditional marketing dollars, so we had to think you know, innovatively. We had to think resourcefully. How do we get our brand out there? But had a unique opportunity that highlighted one of our brands. So one of the most recent times was on Fox & Friends. Mm-hmm and 2 million people tune into Fox and Friends. And this fun pair of socks, Ryan, this fun patriotic pair of socks, you know, it's a mismatched pair. So one's a red and white stripes. Mm -hmm. The other one's a blue and, right, blue and white stars. So you got one sock that's red and one sock that's blue. So it's a little fun. It's fun. It's bold. It's different. But on national TV, Ryan, in front of 2 million people, fellow veteran Pete Hegseth. Yep said these are his favorite pair of socks uh oh and you can imagine the spike in sales <laughs> you can imagine the spike in oh yeah you know, traffic to our website but it was interesting what he said because he didn't say anything about it being american made he said they're so soft they're so comfortable have this fun patriotic design that's why they're his favorite pair but when you have an experience like that you want to read more and you'll learn more and you'll read the fine print that says designed in nashville made in North Carolina. And you'll realize again that nothing in your closet is American made. And what's been fun about these, Ryan, just like the sweat activated t-shirts, we've done hundreds of custom designs. So wipe off this branding, you know, put whatever colors, whatever logos, whatever patterns, and we can do that. Mm -hmm. and the same way you designed your polo is the same way our customers design these. So just another reinforcement that as much as we highlight better known and American made, it's all about product because we're a consumer brand. And this has been a fun way. A lot of our clients will use these for customer gifts. Because if 
we're meeting, I'm like, hey, I want to get Ryan one of these fun sweat activated t-shirts. Well, like, I'm wondering, well, is Ryan a large or a 2X? I don't know what size he is. Socks, it's one size fits most. Yep, yep. Check, check. Well, there you go. If you guys need to get some socks, we got socks. Yeah. You want sweat activated t-shirts, you want polos, three-quarter zips, Richardson snapback hats. Uh, I also had some beanies made, which which came out phenomenal. Um you guys got it all over there. I'm loving it. I'm loving it and can't wait to see as it grows. Well, Ryan, you've been a great friend to our brand. You've got, been a great ambassador, and I appreciate you. We may have to look at a spokesmodel. I think, I think we're going to have to hook up after this for sure and, uh, and yeah. talk it out. But, again, Dean, I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate what you do giving back to uh, the veteran community, uh, the patriot and nationalistic pride of America, and that's something that anybody that watches my show for five minutes knows that I'm um, heavily, heavily into American-made uh, nationalistic uh, pride for me. So that's that's what I choose, guys. That's the brand that I'm going to choose and that I'm going to stick with. And I think that uh, as far as customer experience and and uh, and comfort level goes, you guys killed it for me. And Ryan, it's fun. I should have mentioned this up front, but you can see the backdrop behind me, this old wooden flag that a friend of mine made. And love to see your backdrop there. That's not only a great you know, flag, but it's got coins on there and you know, it tied a lot of stories behind each one of those coins. Oh, yeah. Actually, shout out Vladimir. My, uh, my good friend Vladimir had this coin, uh, coin flag made for me uh, specifically to hang up in the background of the podcast. So shout out Vlad. I appreciate that. And I'm loving yours as well. It's great. Well done. So both of us had a friend make that, our flags. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Ryan, you're a good man and a great American and honored to call you a friend. Uh, same to you, Dean. Same to you. I'm glad we hooked up. I'm glad you came on the show and I'm going to get this out, uh, out to the viewers. Till next time, guys, it's Choices Not Chances. Well, that concludes this episode. Thanks for listening to Choices Not Chances podcast. Please share, like, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch our podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Choices Not Chances Podcast. Thanks, and have a great day. Louisiana Gun Shop, your firearm headquarters, specializing in concealed carry guns, ammo, and training. You can get your Louisiana permit with us. Also, a large selection of AR-15s, or if you are that build-it-yourself type of guy or gal, we have all the parts to build and customize your own AR-15. Glock, Sig, Taurus, Ruger. We have all the brands, both in the store or at louisianagunshop.com. Not too far. You're marking the building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's a funny. Yeah. Funny.